coming up. And then he gets to the big question, because this is the real reason why she's in jail. And he says, okay, what is in the back of the car? What's in the trunk? And she looks at him and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On April 23rd, police officers in Knoxville, Tennessee, pulled over a maroon Kia Forte for a traffic violation. But it quickly turned into more than a traffic stop. When KPD stopped the Kia, these four were driving in in late April. They say that they found it suspicious. The report says these four had conflicting stories, $10,000 in cash and rubber bands, and multiple cell phones. A KPD canine alerted to the car, and in the trunk, officers found a brown powder they suspected was heroin. It was an amount of heroin that would have been worth about $30,000 if it was heroin. I said, well, do you have any idea what could have been in these bags in the trunk? And she looked at me and said, frijoles, which is Spanish for beans. Cole Sullivan is joining me from Knoxville, Tennessee, where he's a reporter with local news station WBIR. Cole, the story you've been covering starts with a traffic stop back in April, and it kind of goes sideways from there. What was the reason for that traffic stop? And what did it end up turning into that day? Well, Knoxville police thought that they had kind of hit a huge haul. They stopped a maroon Kia along a stretch of really busy stretch of interstate here in Knoxville. They stopped that car for traveling, for following too closely with the car in front of it. When they pulled the car over, they saw a number of things that initially made them suspicious. One of those things was there were four occupants of the car They had a whole bunch of those little tree air fresheners in the car that cops often say drug dealers use to mask the smell of drugs in their car. They talked to the driver of the car. He didn't have a valid driver's license. And they asked if he could, if they could search the car. And there's some dispute over how much English these occupants of this car spoke, so it's unclear kind of exactly how they gave permission, consent to search the car, but nonetheless, they get out of the car on the side of the road, and police start looking through some of the belongings inside the car. And they find, first, a ton of cash, thousands of dollars of cash hidden away in different parts of the the vehicle, and kind of secret components of purses, and out in the open, this cash in large denominations rubber-banded together. Then they find a number of cell phones, extra cell phones kind of throughout the car. And at this point, they're getting pretty suspicious that perhaps there's something illegal happening here, something illicit that's going on. They continue searching the car. They bring a canine, a drug canine over, and this dog, what they say, alerts on the car, meaning that it sits down on the outside of the the exterior of the car, alerting that there's the presence of drugs inside the car. They pop the trunk, they open it up, and they see this big bag filled with smaller little bags of some kind of brown powder inside. And they think they've hit the mother load with a ton of heroin. At the scene, is there anything they're able to do to try to pin down what that substance actually is to try to confirm whether or not it is heroin? Knoxville police don't typically do field tests on heroin. And one of the reasons why is because so much of the heroin in our area of rural Appalachia is spiked with fentanyl. And they're worried that 
because so much of it is spiked with fentanyl, that if they try to conduct a field test to determine exactly what it is, their officers might get exposed and might overdose by accident on the side of the road trying to determine what this drug is. And the totality of the situation really makes them pretty convinced it is heroin in the back of this car. But nonetheless, another drug investigator arrives and uses a device called a true narc on these bags. It looks like kind of two cell phones placed screen to screen, and it's about that size, and it claims that it can detect the presence of drugs from the outside of the container that they're in. You don't actually have to open them up, potentially exposing yourself, and it can tell you whether there are drugs or not in those bags. But the TrueNARC device that day gets an inconclusive reading back. Nonetheless, they decide, you know, we're going to arrest these folks anyway and charge them under suspicion that these bags in the back of their car are heroin. And we should mention there's been a lot of misinformation going around in recent years about the stated reason from Knoxville police for not conducting field tests on suspected heroin, the quote-unquote risk of fentanyl exposure, the actual risk of overdose from accidentally touching or inhaling fentanyl during something like a field test is vanishingly low. But misinformation around that can cause real harm and do things like reduce the chance that a suspected overdose patient gets the emergency care they need. It can stigmatize drug users and people in marginalized communities who are not using drugs. And it can cause unnecessary anxiety and fear among officers responding to a situation like this one, for example. So that was the stated reason from Knoxville police about not being able to conduct field tests on these bags beyond using that TrueNARC device that you mentioned. And the end result is these four individuals end up placed under arrest. That's where defense attorney Mike Whalen comes into the picture. He was assigned to represent one of those four individuals, 27-year-old Elena Dominguez. What does he say his client told him at that point? He says he goes to meet with his client. He didn't know he had this case. Someone else, he was at the jail, and someone else told him, hey, you're representing this other person, too. And he had to look it up right there on the spot and be like, okay, well, since I'm here, I'll talk to her. And he sits down with her, and he's like, okay, explain to me your story. What, where were you going? What, what's the deal? And essentially, Ms. Dominguez, Mrs. Dominguez describes that she's driving with um, her husband and another couple from up north down to Atlanta. And they're driving this other couple down to Atlanta so this couple can move there and begin working in the kitchen of a restaurant there where Mrs. Dominguez works as well. So they're carrying all their belongings south through Knoxville. And Attorney Whalen goes through some of the questions with her, and he's trying to describe, converse in Spanish with her about okay, what, what's with all the air fresheners in the car? And he, you know, struggles to find the word for air freshener in Spanish and eventually communicates it to her by saying, what are the little trees, the little trees that smell? And she goes, oh, my husband loves those. He loves those. He stocks them up in the car everywhere that, that we go. Every time he sees one, he buys one, and half of them don't even smell anymore. And Waylon's like, okay. What about the cell phones? Why do you have a couple cell phones on you? Why not just one? And she says, well, I just got a new phone, and the old one has all my pictures on it, all the family photos. And he says, okay. What about all the cash? And she essentially describes, well, we, my husband is, is undocumented. We don't trust the banks. This is our life savings in cash, some $11,000, $11,000 of cash that they're carrying at that point. 
And then he gets the big question, because this is the real reason why she's in jail. And he says, okay, what is in the back of the car? What's in the trunk? And she looks at him and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, what could be in the trunk that police think is nearly three pounds of heroin? And he describes, she gets a funny look on her face and says, frijoles, Spanish for beans. Those are beans in the trunk, she says, not heroin. And he says, okay, you know, he's been a defense attorney for a long time. He represents people, a court-appointed private defense attorney oftentimes. So I'm sure Mr. Whalen's heard all kinds of stories. And so he says, look, I've, I, we've just met, and I need to be clear that what you're saying is true. Because if I don't, it could mean big trouble for both of us if I go to the judge and say this is what's happening. And he says, you're telling me that those are beans in the back of the car. Are you sure? And she describes, well, we've been eating them for the last few days, so I'm pretty sure that they're beans. And he's like, well, they don't look like beans. And she describes that they are um, dried, crushed black beans. And when you dry and crush a black bean, it looks like a brown substance. What did you think when they said, those are beans? Because of the way she said it, I tended to believe her. Knoxville police thought it was a big bust. They arrested four people on drug charges for carrying what they thought was $30,000 of heroin. But their attorney says it was actually beans. So Cole, this defense attorney speaks with his client. She says the substance in the vehicle was not drugs, that the bags were full of crushed dried beans. The attorney believes her, I'm assuming in part because it would be a weird lie. It would be really easy to disprove. And so at that point, he goes to the prosecutors and says, hey, my client might have been arrested over beans. What happens from there? And the prosecutors have heard it all too at this point, right? So they're like, okay, sure. I'm sure there are beans in the back of the car. And he's like, no, seriously, I think you got the wrong one on this one. And they say, okay. The lead drug prosecutor in Knox County says, all right, we're going to expedite the TBI test because sometimes tests on substances can take months to come back from the TBI, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation Crime Lab. And so he expedites the test. At this point, the four people in the car have had their money confiscated. They are sitting in the Knox County Detention Facility. Their bail has been lowered by the judge, but not enough that they can make it because all their money has been seized as part of this investigation. So they're sitting in jail. Their court date is scheduled for the following week. When Whalen arrives in court the following week, he says, the charges were in the process of being dismissed as I walked in. And he tried to figure out why. And we talked to the prosecutor in the case. And the prosecutor said, look, as soon as the TBI test came back negative, which wasn't even the full TBI panel, it was just the presumptive test they do when drugs enter their lab. It determined that there wasn't the presence of narcotics. Um, as soon as that test came back negative, we dismissed the charges because it's our duty to protect the innocent as much as it is to prosecute the guilty. So the charges were dropped, and these uh, four people were no longer being held on suspicion of drug trafficking. But really, their problems had just started. Talk about that a little bit. What repercussions have these four individuals faced as a result of this arrest? 
Whalen says the four individuals who arrested, all those charges, drug charges have been dropped. Two of them, because they were arrested for following too closely and on suspicion that they had drugs in their car, have now entered the ICE system. They've been referred to Immigration and Customs Enforcement, presumably because they're in the country illegally. The two women who were in the car were released. And Mr. Whalen describes they left jail without a car, without their husbands, and without their entire life savings, about $10,000 worth of cash, because the Knoxville Police Department believed they had drugs in their car. Officers didn't know what they had, but they wanted to believe that it was drugs. Have you heard anything from Knoxville police? Do they stand by these arrests? Knoxville police say, look, we have to act on the information we have. And at that point in time, we stopped a car that quickly became suspicious. It had rubber banded bundles of cash in the back seat. It had multiple cell phones. It had this kind of unidentified brown substance in the trunk. And we all... All the facts at that point pointed to the fact that this is drugs, and it's our duty to get the drugs and to get the people who may be trafficking them off the street. They say the arrest was done in good faith and that they have to act on the information they have at that moment. What does the defense attorney you spoke with say about that, and and what does he say about this entire case? He has strong feelings about all of this. He says this has ruined the lives of these four people because of this mistake. And from his perspective, he thinks it points out a broader problem that often street cops, patrol officers, can make a determination that can change the course of somebody's life. And sometimes that determination is made without all of the lab findings that eventually contribute to prosecution. And he sees this as a broader systemic issue with the criminal justice system The police and the DA say, as soon as we see something wrong, we write it, but it's our job to make sure that the streets of Knoxville stay safe. Cole Sullivan with WBIR in Knoxville. Thanks for bringing us this story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast, wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our new series, Should Be Alive, available now. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.